Thanks, Pastor James. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team. You guys are awesome. Let's give them a big round of applause. So cool. Thank you for coming out tonight. Uh, the Bible says better is one day in God's courts than a thousand anywhere else. Uh, it means he can undo three years worth of damage in one day. He can give you a few years worth of vision in one day. It's incredible what he can do. So uh, we've been here this morning and tonight and just trusting God's going to do great things. Amen. If you've got your Bibles, uh, turn with me to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, and just as you turn, we'll be reading from verse 28, or just reading verse 28 actually, uh, and just as you're turning there, letting you know that wherever I travel, I'll take some of my resource with me, mention a couple of worship uh, CDs I brought with me from Extreme Youth Conference in Mackay. Uh, also here I've got uh, a CD series of some messages about overcoming, uh, and because who knows as a Christian, sometimes we have to overcome some things, and i talk. Uh, got a few messages there, one's called Get Over It. Uh, another one's called Getting Through a Valley, uh, and another message is a flood testimony called After the Flood. Uh, so if you're interested, check that out. And also to a book that I was asked to be a contributor to, myself and a number of other pastors from around Australia, people like uh, Pastor Murray Cartledge, uh, Pastor Wayne Elkhorn, Pastor Michael Murphy, a number of others, and myself all contributed a chapter to this book. It's called Triumph Through Tough Times. And we all talk about how God got us through a tough time. So if you're interested, feel free to check that out at the table at the end of the service. Uh, Romans 8.28 says this, And we know that all things work together for good to those that love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. I'll read that again. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. The title of my message tonight is called It's All Good. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I just ask and pray that you fill us with hope, Lord God. Fill us with faith, Lord God, tonight. I thank you and I praise you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Here the Apostle Paul is writing to the Romans and he says, and we know, we know that all things work together for good for those that love God and accord according to his purpose. I'll be honest with you, sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I don't know that all things work together for good. Sometimes I think there are some things that couldn't possibly work together for good. But here it actually says that all things work together for good for those that love God are called according to his purpose. He's writing to the Romans and the Romans at that time were actually going through some persecution, going through some tough times. And he says to people who are going through some tough times, hey church, we know, don't we? that all things work together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Tonight I want to talk to you about a few things that you may not realise can still work together for good. A few things that you might be thinking, surely these things can't work together for good. Well, actually, I'm going to talk to you tonight about a few things that you may not realise are working together for good even in your life right now. The first thing that works together for good is this. He says, all things work together for good. First thing that works together for good in our life is dumb things. What that means is that even some of the dumb things that we've done, some of the mistakes that we've made, God can actually turn around and work together for good for those that love God and accord according to his purpose. I don't know about you, but there's been times that I've thought I've messed up, that I've ruined my future, that I've somehow aborted my destiny. But the Bible doesn't say that only some things or the things where you were perfect in will work together for good. It actually says all things will work together for good. God can even take your mistakes, the things you did wrong, the things you got wrong, 
and still work it all together for good for those that love God and accord according to his purpose. I love the story of the prophet Elisha and the prophet Elisha was uh, with some Israelite men and they were actually chopping down some trees. And one of the men was chopping down some trees and as he was chopping down a tree, the axe head on his axe flew off and it ended up in the midst of the River Jordan. He comes back to Elisha and he said, Elisha, I've just lost, lost my axe and alas, it's been borrowed. Elisha doesn't say to him, well, that's your problem. Where were you during the workplace health and safety seminar? We told you how to wield that axe properly. It's your fault. It's your responsibility. Too bad. He doesn't do that. He just says, where is it? And he, said, and he showed him where, the, uh, where it had fallen and he just chopped off a branch and threw it into the water and the axe head rose up. Even though he made a mistake, God still rerouted his destiny and brought something good out of it. God can reroute our destiny even with some of the mistakes that we have made. When I was a youth pastor, one of the topics you had to talk about annually with the young people was the topic of relationships. And it was just something that you had to cover. So I created a few good messages out of, uh, at that time. Uh, one of the messages I created was one uh, called While You Were Sleeping, uh, How to Find God's Perfect Match for Your Life, because God, God, God gave Adam a wife while he was sleeping. Not while he was clubbing. <laughs> Not while he was church hopping. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Another message that I wrote that I was telling the boys at lunchtime today was called Ditch the List. Uh, and you know how some people have a 100-point list of the partner that they want? And uh, so I wrote a message called Ditch the List. I wrote another message about staying pure. It's called Eight Simple Rules. Uh, and so it's really cool. And, and actually, one of the things I found uh, is that even now, the, the younger they are, they're like they're, you know, getting involved in that sort of stuff. I, I've got a couple of handsome young uh, sons. And, um, you know, even I, I've been finding, I, I, the good thing is I get access to their Instagram accounts and that sort of thing. And I see the girls that are trying to contact them uh, from school and that sort of thing. And, and even one time, uh, I was uh, picked up the boys um, in my car and from school and, and my 10-year-old, he turns to me and says, oh, Dad, another girl at school told me she liked me today. And then my 12-year-old in the front seat turned around and goes, oh, welcome to my world. <laughs> and I thought, oh, no, <laughs> it started. <laughs> and because relationships is a, is a big thing and who, who we marry and that sort of thing, it's a really important decision uh, that we make. I was a groomsman in a wedding uh, back in 1999 and um, I remember at the time, uh, I was standing at the front. I was, you know, the bride was walking down the, uh, walking down the aisle. And very often when the bride walks down the aisle, sometimes she starts crying uh, because of happiness and that sort of thing. And I noticed that she was crying as she was walking down the aisle. And we were just sitting there, you know, we were just thinking, oh, look, you know, she's so happy. You know, she's crying as she's walking down the aisle. Well, we found out about five years later why she was crying as she was walking down the aisle. <laughs> And she was only young, she was 18 years of age, and, and um, she, um, as she realised before the wedding that her husband wasn't, the, her soon-to-be husband wasn't the man she thought he was, and she really felt God say, look, I don't marry him. But she was young and she thought, oh, well, you know, we can work it out, you know, we can make it work. And, and she went through uh, with the wedding and embarked on a very difficult four years uh, of her life where, where everything uh, seemed to be going uh, wrong. And then eventually, um, he left her. You can imagine in a situation like that, she's thinking, well, you know, I've, I've done it, haven't I? You know, I think I've messed up 
my future. But praise God, we serve a God of second chances. And she ended up marrying a, a wonderful young man, actually the perfect uh, fit for her. And, and now she's uh, gone onwards and upwards. They've got two kids and God is doing great things uh, in her life. She feels like she made a mistake. But I thank God that God knows we're not going to be perfect. God knows that we will make some mistakes in our life. And even if we do make some mistakes, God can reroute our destiny. You know, if you've been driving down the road and you've got a sat-nav on, and uh, you're driving down the road and the sat-nav tells you to turn left, turn left at 100 metres. If you miss the turn, the sat-nav doesn't say, oh, well, you missed it, you're on your own now. <laughs> if you don't want to follow my advice, that's it, it's over. No, no, no. It just starts rerouting and working it out for us. And then it says, okay, now turn left in 200 metres. And even if you're stubborn then, it gives you another chance. And a few hundred metres after that, it starts rerouting. The word of the Lord to somebody here is this. You've just taken a detour. It's not a dead end. God can take our dumb things, the mistakes that we've made, some of our wrong choices, and still work out something good in our future. All things work together for good. For those that love God and accord according to His purpose. The next thing it says is this. All things work together for good. It doesn't say that everything that happens to us is good. Sometimes we have some bitter things that happen to us and somehow we think that God wasn't in it. It doesn't say that all things that happen to us are good. It says all things work together for good. What that means is that there are times in our life when we go through some difficult things, some painful things, some disappointing things, some bitter things, but even then, God can use that, mix it and work it together to produce good in our life. So the second thing that works together for good is bad things, is bad things. Uh, the first year my wife stopped working full time, I put on 10 kilos. And the reason why I put on 10 kilos is because my wife is an avid baker. She loves baking, muffins, cupcakes, brownies, biscuits, the whole nine yards. And she is constantly baking. She's baking all the time. And, you know, and I blame her for me putting, she said to me, you don't have to eat it. I'm like, what, God, what do you mean I don't have to eat it? It's there, you know, as if I'm going to eat a banana or something, you know. And so, and anyway, that's, that's our issue. Um, but as... And it's, you can, I can tell when she's going to bake because she starts lining up ingredients on the counter. And she'll start putting the flour there. And she starts putting the sugar and the egg and the butter and everything else. And she starts, and, and maybe even some salt, and she'll put everything there. And that's about to make a beautiful baked good. But I wait till she mixes it together before I eat it. I don't come along and say, oh, this is awesome. Thank you so much, darling. Have a slab of butter, some flour, some sugar, some salt. No, no, no. By himself, it's yuck. But when you work it together, it produces something awesome. The Bible doesn't say that everything that happens to us is going to be good. It says God works, to get, uh, works all things together for good. That means that what you've been through, even some of the bitter things, the disappointing things, God can work together and bring something good out of it. 
And maybe you're going through a tough time right now. That does not mean that's how it's going to be forever. And in fact, sometimes part of God's preparation process for even better things in our life is for us to go through some difficult things. God spoke to the Romans elsewhere in Romans chapter 5, verses 3 to 5. And he says to them, we glory, and the Apostle Paul says, we glory in tribulation. What kind of fool glories in tribulation? Well, he says we glory in tribulation. Why? Because tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope doesn't disappoint. So tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. That means that character is produced by going through some tough times. Character's not actually a gift. I wish it was. I wish I could get prayed for and receive the gift of character. <laughs> but it doesn't actually work that way. I remember one time I was at an altar call at a conference and there was an elderly pastor up the front praying and I went up to him and he goes to me, so what do you want, son? I said, I want to be like Jesus. He said, are you sure? As soon as he said that, I thought, well, maybe I don't. <laughs> but I thought, I can't deny Christ. And so he prayed for me. Little would I know some of the trial and tribulation that would then ensue. Because our character is produced by persevering under trial. And then he says, character produces hope. Produces hope. Many years ago, I remember I, the Holy Spirit spoke to me as clear as anything. He said, Ben, you're good with character. He said, but you're bad with hope. Oh, sorry, he's not good with character. He said, well, you're good with faith, but you're bad with hope. Now, I'd never really had a revelation of hope. And, and, um, and I realised that faith and hope are two distinct things. When the Bible says these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. So faith and hope are distinct. They're not the same thing. And I had a revelation of what hope was. Faith, in contrast, faith was an action. You know, when uh, faith is obedience to God and believing in him, and it's an action. It's a bit like, you know, if you read in Hebrews 11, it talks about the Hebrews of faith, uh, sorry, the heroes of faith. They had said they're heroes of faith by their actions. By faith, Abraham did this. By faith, Rahab did that, did that. So faith was an action. But hope was different. Hope wasn't an action. Hope was an attitude. Hope was basically that attitude of expectation, just believing that good things are going to come into my life. And I'll be honest with you, I was good with faith. If God told me to do something, I would step out and do it. But in the meantime, I could actually get easily discouraged and negative. And so then I prayed the dumbest prayer I've ever prayed in my life. I said, Lord, give me hope. Without realising that hope is produced by going through trials, <laughs> perseverance, character, and then hope. And then the Bible says, hope doesn't disappoint. That phrase, doesn't disappoint, is a double negative. So it means hope appoints. What that means is this. After you've been through trial and you've persisted and come out the other side, you're ready for the divine appointment of your life. Because God works all things together for good to prepare us for the assignments and the future and the great blessings that he has for us. If you look at the life of many of the heroes of the faith, they had to go through some difficult things. 
some bitter things, some disappointing things, but those were the very things that enabled them and prepared them to handle the great good things that God was going to drop into their world. So if you're going through a difficult time right now, it doesn't mean you're, mean you're out of God's will. It doesn't mean you've done something wrong. Just believe and understand that even if you're going through a bitter thing, God can turn that thing around and work all things together for good. And you'll be surprised, it might be quicker than what you realise. There's this, um, in America, there's this chef, and um, a celebrity chef, and what he does is, you know, he makes a meal and he tastes it. And if it doesn't taste right, he adds another ingredient. And, um, and when he does, he goes, bam. You know, like gets real melodramatic about it. You know, bam. And he adds another ingredient. Well, I'm here to let you know that for some people here, you might have been going through a difficult season and it feels like it's going to take a long way to get out. But I feel like the Holy Spirit's saying that God is getting ready to, bam, add a little seasoning of favour. He's going to add some grace. He's going to add an opportunity. He's going to add a divine appointment. And he can turn that bitter season around and work it together for good. He works all things together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. The next thing it says this, God works all things together for good for those who love God. So this is the only caveat on the whole thing. This is the only thing that we have to do. It says it works together for good. Don't say all things work together for good for everybody. It says all things work together for good for those that love God. Now, how do you know if you actually love God? Well, one of the things that Jesus said um, in John 14, 23, he says, if anyone loves me, he will obey my commandments. So Jesus was saying that one of the signs that you love God is actually obedience. It's doing what he calls us to do. Now, I don't know about you, but when you love God and you obey him, there are times when you're actually doing things and you don't even realise why you are. Because sometimes he calls us to do things that in the short term don't seem to make sense. And sometimes we go through times and seasons where we've obeyed God, stepped out and obeyed him. And immediately after, you look back and you think to yourself, why did I even go through that? What purpose did that have? But I'm here to let you know that God can even, even turn the meaningless things in our life, the meaningless seasons in our life, he can turn those things around and work them together for good. And sometimes it may not make sense right now why you're doing what God, why you're doing what you're doing. But in the end, God can turn that thing around and work all things together for good. Bible says in John chapter 3, verse 8, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it, where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So I've heard people preach on this and they've said the Holy Spirit is like the wind. But that's not what that is saying. It's not saying that the Holy Spirit is like a wind. It's saying those who are led by the Spirit are like a wind. What that means is sometimes when we obey him, we, people say, how did you end up here? And it's like, I don't know. I was just obeying God and I ended up here. And sometimes we don't know where we're going. And sometimes we don't know where we come from, came from because we obey God and we're doing what he calls us to do. And sometimes it doesn't make sense. Um, a number of years ago when I was on staff at uh, IC Church at the time, it was called Metro Church in Brisbane, we had a number of our campuses. So we've got a few campuses, a number of them where you actually had to bump in every week. So what that means is we had to set up church 
uh, every Sunday morning. And so our church had this church truck loaded up with the sound equipment for that particular service that needed to be set up. And so for that service, the truck had to be there by 6.30am on a Sunday morning. And so, and, but in order to drive that truck, you needed a light rigid licence um, in order to drive it. And so at the time, there was only two guys on staff who had the licence to drive that truck. And so they started, you know, no servant heart. They just started whinging about it. And they started saying, how come the other pastors don't have to get, don't have to drive the truck? And at the time, I didn't have to. So I would look at them and say, would you just shut up and just serve the Lord? And, you know, and so, but eventually, Pastor Paul and Joe said, look, all the pastors, we've booked everybody in to do their truck t- driving tra- test because you're all going to get your truck licence. And I remember thinking, that, well, that's obviously not for me. I'm not a truck driver. I'm a preacher. You know, I've got to be praying before coming to church. You know, I don't want to be there, you know, doing proper practical stuff. And so, and, and, but they, they shoehorned me into it. I ended up getting my truck driver's licence. And so we would drive that truck and we would, you know, bump in and I'll be on the roster and there'll be times I'm up at 5am on a Sunday morning and getting home at like close to 11pm on a Sunday night. And I was driving this truck and, and uh, it was really annoying. And not only that, even worse than that, there was a couple of other guys who joined the staff and they weren't made to get their truck licence. And so I would, I would bring it up on a regular basis at staff meetings saying, why don't they, you made us get the truck licence? Why don't those guys get the truck licence? And I'll be honest with you, I got so sick of it that I got out of it by resigning. And so um, <laughs> that wasn't why I resigned, but that was the only reason I was able to get out of it, uh, was, was resigning. And so, um, and so I remember thinking to myself, well, I, I don't know what that season was about, and I'm just going to leave that there. And I don't even, you know, and I felt like I was kind of, you know, almost forced into it. Um, you know, to do it. And I thought, I'm just going to forget about that and just move on. Anyway, last year, um, a friend of mine I noticed on Facebook was advertising for someone to do a delivery run for the company he was working for. And the dates I was looking for, the pay looked pretty good. And the dates he was looking for, I was actually free. And I thought to myself, oh, I might just, you know, I've got a couple of days off, not doing anything else. I might just do delivery driving for him. So I contacted him and he goes, are you sure? I said, yeah, yeah, no worries. And, and the place where they were delivering from was 10 minutes from where I lived. And so I drove over there and it just said you needed a manual license and that sort of thing. And when I got there, he goes, oh, I forgot to mention, do you happen to have um, a light rigid license? And I said, actually, yeah, I do. He goes, oh, good, because you're going to have to drive this truck. I go over it is the exact same truck <laughs> that I had drove for three or four years and I'm doing deliveries. I did deliveries for them. I'm getting into all these tight spaces and that sort of thing and I had all the experience, was able to do it and then they had some other work. I got some other work through them so basically I just paid for all my international trips last year and all my overseas travel. God can even take the meaningless seasons of your life. <laughs> The things where you thought, what on earth am I doing that for? We need to understand there are times, because you love God and you want to obey him, we'll go through seasons where we're doing things in obedience to him that doesn't make sense till later. And when, and, and when you're in the midst of that, and I felt there's a couple of people here, you're doing something that you didn't even really want to do, but you're doing it because God wants you to do it. And even now you're thinking, well, can anything good come from this? Well, the scripture says all things work together for good. 
for those that love God and accord according to his purpose. One of my favourite stories in the Bible is out of Jeremiah chapter 13, verses 1 to 8. And this story is, I'm going to give it to you in the Ben Toko version. And basically, um, God comes to Jeremiah and says, Jeremiah, I want you to go to the shop, to, sorry, to the markets. So Jeremiah goes to the markets. And the Holy Spirit says to him, I want you to buy some undies. So they buy some undies. And then the Holy Spirit says, I want you to, um, want you to uh, put them on. So he puts them on. Holy Spirit says, I want you to walk to the Euphrates River. So he walks to the river, a couple of days' journey. Holy Spirit says, take them off. Takes them off. Holy Spirit says, shove them behind a rock. Shoves them behind a rock. Go home. Goes home. A few weeks later, the Holy Spirit says, go back to the Euphrates River. Goes back to the Euphrates River. Holy Spirit says, grab the undies out from behind the rock. Grabs the undies out from behind the rock and they're all ripped and tattered and torn. And the Bible says, then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. And it was a nation-shaking word. He received that nation-shaking word after all those small steps of obedience. When you take these steps of obedience, even when you don't understand why you're doing it, God can turn that thing around and work it all together for good for those that love God and accord according to his purpose. And the last thing is this. It says, And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. We are not here by accident. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he has prepared for us to do. God has a plan and purpose for our life and he has things for us to do. So the fourth thing that works together for good is everything, everything that we do, everything that we're going through, God can work together for good for those who love God and accord according to his purpose. God has a plan and purpose for every season that you go through. For every season and every stage, God has a plan and a purpose for it. There is no empty time. There is no void time. Even if it feels like nothing is happening, God is working things together for good, for those who love God and accord according to his purpose. I, if you're um, like me, you love the writings of the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. And there are a number of those writings where he actually wrote them from prison. From prison. One of the most famous ones is the book of Philippians. Philippians is known as the letter of joy. And in, in Philippians he says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, Rejoice. And it's a positive, uplifting letter. But he actually wrote it while he was in the midst of prison. And so he had an incredible attitude in that time. I mean, we don't even find out he was in prison towards the end of chapter one. If it was me and I was unjustly imprisoned and I got a letter out, it'd probably start like this. If you happen to find this letter... You've got to do something. You've got to get me out of here. I don't belong here. I don't deserve to be here. But he didn't do that. And in the midst of that time, he said that, you know, the palace guard is getting witness to because I'm here. People are being emboldened on the outside. The gospel is advancing. He could see in the midst of what he was going through, everything that God was doing right then. But even then, he couldn't completely see what God was doing in his life through prison. 
Because while he was in prison, he was writing letters, letters like Ephesians, that he didn't realise and would not have known that 2,000 years later are still being read and a source of encouragement to literally billions of people. In that time where he's in prison thinking I could be out doing better things, God used it for good and used it as a source of blessing for, multiply, for billions of people ever since. I've been an itinerant minister for the last six years and I have people saying to me all the time, how did you do that? How did that happen? There's not that many full-time itinerant ministers out there and I'm not particularly famous or anything like that, but pretty well 50 weekends of every year for the last six years, I preach um, around Australia. And people say, how do you do it? Do you advertise? You know, do you send a card out? Have you got a website? I don't have any of those things. But one of the, th but one of the things I do have is relationships. And if you looked at my itinerary, you would see that my itinerary is basically made up of the relationships I've made from the different seasons of my life. When I went to Bible college in Sydney, not wanting to go to Bible college in Sydney, wanting to go to Bible college in Melbourne, but there were a number of people now who are pastoring churches from that season who take up a chunk of my itinerary. When I, my time in Mackay, when people said to me, why are you going to North Queensland? You're from Melbourne, you're from the city. But a chunk of my year is taken up from associations made during that time. When I went to Brisbane to start a Bible college, it didn't make sense. I had people try to talk me out of it. They said, you shouldn't be running a Bible college. You should be doing other sorts of ministry. But I knew God had called me down. But now you see in my itinerary, so much of what I do is made from the associations of moving to start that Bible college. Each one of those seasons in isolation didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. But now God has flipped all of it. And right now, this current season is a combination of every other season of my ministry, even though it didn't make sense. God works all things together for good for those that love God and are called according to His purpose. Every season that you've been through, every season that you're going through right now, God can turn that thing around, flip it around, and He's got a plan and purpose for you. And because He's got a plan and purpose for you, He can draw, he can draw purpose out of every season you've been through. This we know, all things work together for good for those that love God and are called according to His purpose. And maybe you're here tonight and you're saying, actually, Ben, I don't know. On the inside, I can't see. You know, when, when Shah gave that word, I felt I had the exact same word God gave me. That there's someone here and there's no light at the end of the tunnel. You're saying, how could any good come through my life right now, the season that I'm in? And God wants you to know, no matter what you're going through, no matter what's happening, God can turn that thing around and he can work it all together for good. And he wants to fill you with hope today. A hope not based on your circumstances, but a hope based on the character of God. Having a positive outlook on life. Saying, I don't understand what's going right now, but I know that all things are going to work together for good. I don't know how they're going to work together for good. I don't know how God could bring good out of this. I just know that all things are going to work together for good. And some of you right now, you're seeing some things happening in the future and you're worried. I heard the Holy Spirit say to me that there was a couple of people here and you're fearful because you're seeing the source of provision that you're used to experiencing is starting to dry up. 
But God wants you to know that he can even bring good out of that. That he can use that to redirect you into something that's even better and even more blessed. Pastor James, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me for you and, and, and Pastor Michelle and for this church. That God's uh, look to the north, the south, the east and the west. All the land that you see, God's going to give you. I heard the Holy Spirit say he's going to give you victory in every area of your life. He's going to, and in, in every area of the ministries of this church. That he's going to give victory in the defeated places. Even in some areas that have looked defeated that you've been unable to do for decades and thought, are we ever going to get around to that? God wants you to know that he can work that all together for good and he's going to give you victory in your defeated places. And maybe you're here and you're saying, Ben, I'm like how you were. I don't feel like I've got hope. Well, let me tell you, God can give you hope, amen? And so I just invite you to close your eyes and bow your heads and worship team can come up. And, and if you're here and you're saying, Ben, I know I should know, but I don't really know that all things can work together for good for me. And I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that God will fill you with hope in your heart that you might get a revelation that no matter what's going on in your world, God can mix that thing together and work it together for good. So if that's you, you're saying, Ben, I'm struggling to believe that. I'm struggling. I just feel discouragement and negativity all the time. And I'm struggling to see how God could bring any good out of our current season. If that is you right where you are, slip up your hand and say, that's me. That's how I'm feeling. I'm lacking hope. I want God to fill me with hope right now. The Bible says hope doesn't disappoint. When you put your hope in God, he doesn't disappoint. Awesome. Awesome. Church, would you stand to your feet? <clears throat> Those of you that placed, uh, lifted your hands, what I'd love to do is pray for you and just pray for God to fill you with faith and hope. I've had times in my life where everything just looked bleak and it felt like nothing good was going to come. But then I realised that, uh, but then God filled me with a hope that I, couldn't ha that I didn't have before. You know, I told you I prayed to God and I said, Lord, fill me with hope. I went through a difficult season about five years where it seemed like almost everything was going wrong culminating in the Brisbane floods of 2011. But halfway through, to, through 2011, when we were rebuilding our house, I had something bubbling up on the inside of me. I noticed it. It was just kind of like this positive feeling coming up in my heart. It's kind of like joy. And I remember thinking to myself, I think that's what hope feels like. I'm feeling hope after all I've been through. I'm here to let you know that even if you're going through a tough time, God can fill you with hope and he can take you out the other side. Amen? So those of you that put your hands up and those of you that maybe wanted to but didn't, I'm going to invite you to come out the front. I'm going to pray. I'm just going to pray for the Holy Spirit to fill you with hope, that you would get the revelation, that you would know in your heart that all things work together for good. Amen? So if you put your hand up, come on out the front. We're going to pray. And the worship team can lead us in worship.